You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church at church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. I am so glad to be back with you this week. Deva covered for me last week. She did more than just cover. I told her she really put the pressure on me because several of you have told me what an awesome job she did. I even heard someone tell me they went right back and listened to it again that Sunday afternoon, which is a great thing that we're having all these sermons recorded because you can now go back and look and check out some of the sermons maybe if you missed one. The only thing that can make this better today is if you were here with me. Well, we can't do that just yet, but it's coming real soon. As a matter of fact, we have a date scheduled for the closing on this building this Friday. So be in prayer that everything goes smoothly this week according to God's plan. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be having service for everybody to show up the next Sunday because there are still a lot of issues regarding the coronavirus. And so instead of planning that big church service that we know everybody can't come to, we're going to be planning a lot of smaller gatherings so that you can be involved in a lot of things. So be looking and paying attention to uh, social media and, and your email if you if we have your email address and pay attention so that you can be involved in a lot of those things okay so let's get to today's sermon and we're in the more series still and today this is kind of a potential powder keg if you will if you don't hear me and I, I, i'm i'm not saying if you don't hear my words but if you don't really hear me there's a potential for you to be offended, for you to even get mad. Okay, so I really want you to help me right now. Let's focus on hearing what God will say to us. And I'd like for us to say a little prayer before we get in the message today, okay? Father, again, I wanna say how much I love you, I appreciate you, and thank you for everything that you're doing and have done. And I ask you right now, help us step out of ourselves, help us step away from our opinions and away from our arguments, God, and help us hear what you want to say to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today I want to share with you about more understanding. Something that is so much needed in our world right now. We need more understanding. I was, uh, this was months ago, I was on Facebook and I was on a group page of my hometown. A lot of people that grew up in my hometown and, and uh, people I hadn't seen in forever. And I was reading and I, and I went across this one thread where people were arguing and, uh, and I started reading this and they were arguing over, over the history of the city. Someone got this started about how wish we could go back. Man, things were just so awesome back when we were kids and in our in our hometown. And other people picked that up. And then finally, somebody, he just got real with us. I mean, he got dirt real with us, talking about other things that went on in the city that, you know, you kind of you kind of do forget a lot of times and you kind of pass it off and you want to look back fondly to your to your past. Right. And he was just calling some things out. He talked about abuse and incest and things going on. And, and then it just became an argument, like people were just coming back at him, like, no, no, no. And, and, you know, it almost sounds like they were talking about two different communities. But they were talking about the same hometown because I recognized these names and, and I was good friends with several of these people. So what's going on here? You know, 
same community, same hometown, but two different opinions. What's going on here is that while some lived, I guess some of us would say a charmed life, and, and maybe it was just in memory, but they kind of lived a charmed life. Other people were abused physically and even sexually. Or, or here's another example of how, how things were maybe different for different people is, you know, I just got to admit to you that when I graduated from high school, I had probably seen one time that someone was using drugs in front of me with my own eyes. You know, for all of my growing up until I graduated high school, yet for others, they were so surrounded by drug use, they became victims of that. Abusers themselves and some even addicted. So if you think about it, perspective makes all the difference in the world, right? Perspective. It's the thing that causes one person to see something one way and someone else to see it another way. Think about this. I've used this example before. If you were to come stand right behind me right now, face the other way, we're back to back, and you were to describe to me what you would say, you would, you would talk about a wall behind me. I mean, that's what you see. You see a wall. Pretty much that's all you would see back there. But I would say, no, no, there's no wall. There's a camera. There's lights. You know, there's even a couple of people that are, that are here running the cameras and things, you know. And, and we're standing virtually in the exact same place, right? You and I are standing in the very same place. But the difference is our perspective, the way we're facing, the way we're looking at things. Perspective changes everything. And here's where the big problem really comes in. When we forget that other people have a different perspective than we do that they come from a different perspective. They come from a different place. And then it really gets really bad when we fail to remember that their perspective is just as real and just as valid as my perspective. That's when things really get bad, is in, because then we begin to feel that we're the only ones that are right. And when did we lose sight of the mission of what we're really called to be? I, because I think many times, we're so insistent upon proving ourselves right instead of reaching somebody. But Christ never asked us to prove ourselves right. He left us the mission of reaching someone. There's a great story in the Bible, and it's told in, in all four of the Gospels. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all write the story of Jesus' life, you know, the events that happened, right? And they had to pick and choose the things they would share because, you know, John said toward the end of his gospel that if you wrote down everything Jesus did while he was here, the world wouldn't contain the volumes. And so they had to pick and choose. And so there are some stories that are only in one or two of the tellings, but this story is actually in all four. But then some people say, well, these are different times this happened. Well, this story is about Jesus dining in someone's home and about how he has his feet washed by a woman. Just some woman washes his feet. And so it's told in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the one thing that, that kind of makes you think it, it, it isn't the same story is the people that were around. Jesus and this woman, they're the same, but then there's some other people around in different stories. Well, maybe that's just because, you know, Matthew remembered these people being here and Luke remembered the, these people being here. But there's some other reasons other people think that. But the one reason that makes some people think, no, this is the exact same story, is I think this. The reaction that people had to what happened. Okay, that's what I really want to talk to you about too. 
is about the reaction. Okay, so Jesus is sitting and he, he is dining at, at someone else's house. And this woman comes in and she has this, she has this, uh, it's called a, a box, a, an alabaster box. And, and she breaks it. Basically, she's brought in a, a, an expensive bottle of perfumed oil and she breaks it open. And now that she's broken it open, she, she anoints the feet of Jesus. She pours it out on his feet and, and it just fills the room with this beautiful aroma. Now, Matthew and Mark, they tell this story in such close detail that it sounds like they're telling the, the exact same story. Now, here's what they say. And uh, the scriptures are in the online sermon notes if you'd like to see these stories. They tell this story as she does this and people begin to get indignant and they scold her because she has just broken open, you know, she can't take it back, that, you know, the ministry could have used the money that they could have sold this, this bottle of perfumed oil from, but now she's broken it open and they can't carry it back, even with the receipt, right? You can't get your money back if you've broken it open, right? And so they're scolding her, scolding her for this. Okay, now John tells this story and here's what he remembers. He remembers Judas being the one that judges her for this, condemns her for it. You've probably heard of Judas, right? Judas was the one that betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Well, he wasn't just a betrayer. He was also a thief because what John tells us is the real reason that Judas was condemning her and judging her for this is he did want to sell that perfumed oil and he did want to get that money and put it into the coffers of the ministry because he was stealing from the ministry's budget. And so that's why he wanted to do it. So, so Judas, this betrayer, this thief, his condemning of her and his judging of her wasn't even genuine. It was something he was working up because he wanted it for himself. And then Luke tells the story also. Now Luke tells several things that happen differently from the other tellings of the story. But the main thing is this, is that it was a Pharisee, not just some disciples or not Judas or, or not just a few people gathered around the table, but it was a Pharisee that got upset about it. And he was thinking within himself, that if Jesus were truly a prophet, he would know how sinful this woman was and he would not let this sinful woman touch his feet. And you know what I, I have to say to that is thank God that Pharisee was not in charge of the guest list the night I chose to come to Jesus. I want you to think about that for a moment. Thank God this kind of attitude was not in charge of the guest list the night I came to Jesus the night you decided to come to Jesus. Because, I mean, here is the problem with the story, right? Is the attitude that the people around Jesus and this woman had. That there was a beautiful thing of grace and forgiveness and, and love and acceptance that was going on. Of praise and of worship and of giving my very best to Jesus going on all around them. And all they could do was judge, condemn wish they had something for themselves or say this person does not even deserve to be in the presence of Jesus, much less touching his feet. The moral of this story, the, uh, and it, it actually came into a song about 20 years ago that C.C. Winans uh, recorded. The moral of this story to me, the, the, the lesson that we need to get out of this is we don't really know 
we don't really understand. The words from this song say it this way, as, as, as sung from the woman who washed the feet of Jesus, is you weren't there. You weren't there when he found me. You, you weren't there the night and felt what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. And you don't know the cost of the oil that's in my alabaster box. You know, I've seen a lot of people judge others for a lot of things. But it's hard for me to imagine exactly what was going on in these scriptures. That people were judging someone for pouring out the very best that they had in worship to Jesus. Yet they did it then, and people still do it now. But the reality is, I don't understand the cost. I don't understand the feeling that this woman had when Jesus found her. I don't understand what she went through. You know, the reality is, I'll never understand that. I'm a man. I'm not a woman. I live in 2020. I live in 2020. I didn't live in the time this woman lived, when Jesus lived, when women were so suppressed. I will never know what it felt like to be her. Some of these, maybe two or three different women were abused, lived lives of ill repute, as we kindly would say. I don't know what it would feel like to be her. I haven't walked in her shoes. But I want us to take this a little bit further. You see, I think you and I, we come to grips sometimes with grace and, and when someone has sinned and try to give them grace and forgiveness and try to understand. But sometimes we struggle just because someone is different than us. Not because of sin, not because of anything, but just because they're different than us. And we struggle with just taking the time to understand. I want us to go there for a minute, if I can. And I want you to listen. I want to give you some examples of, of what I'm talking about here. For example, I've never spent a second in the skin of a black man. So how in the world can I tell him how he should feel about a situation? You know, I've never walked down an alley to get a fix or I've never been to a, one single AA meeting in my life, then how am I going to judge someone who can't get over their addictions and just call them lazy? I've never questioned my sexual identity in my life. I've never struggled with that. So how in the world can I look at someone and say, you need to just change? Or what about when we meet someone who is angry for no apparent reason, right? You've met someone like that, right? You've been around people like that. But remember, there's no apparent reason to me or you. If they're angry, there is a reason that they're angry. It may not be the reason that they're saying right now. It may be something in their past. But there is a reason they're angry. They're, they're coming from a different perspective than you and I are. Or, or maybe someone who is defending something that... You don't understand it all. You don't get it. It doesn't compute. Why in the world would you defend this? And, and, and we struggle with knowing how to understand them because they're defending something that I don't know needs to be defended. Or maybe a child or a teenager who's unruly, right? Okay, let's be honest right here. 
I, I, want you to, I want you to raise your hand in a second if this is true about you, okay? Sitting right there with your family or maybe even by yourself, I want you to be honest. How many of you have ever secretly wanted to take out your belt and whip some stranger's kid in public before? And some of you, you don't even whip your own kids, but you wanted to whip somebody else's, right? Are you raising your hand right now? You know, but I've been around some of these exact same kids, teenagers, who the stuff that they were doing and acting out was because they had just lost a sibling or a parent in a tragic accident. And their acting out was the only way they knew how to express the pain that was going on inside of them. Was it proper? No, probably not. But it was all they knew how to do. You see, when we start looking at things that way and realizing perspective is so important, then maybe we can start having more understanding as well. But, but, and I don't know all the, all the arguments. I mean, I'm hearing them in my head right now of, of the stuff. I, I, I meant, I really have struggled, you know, sometimes preaching to this camera, not being able to see your faces and see that you're getting it and you're with me. And what I'm seeing right now and hearing right now is that you're not with me, is that you're saying, but what about this and but what about that? But all those excuses and all those reasons we, we pick up as to why we don't take the time to understand someone else. All of those things are none of the things that Jesus called us to be concerned about. We're so interested in being right. We've lost the mission of reaching people. Let me read to you a quote from Jonathan Morrow because I, I want to kind of preach through it just real quickly if I can. First, all people are broken. We just express our brokenness in different ways. Next, all people are welcome. The gospel is good news for all of us. And lastly, all followers of Jesus are called to repent because we are all in the long process of being conformed to the image of Jesus. Wow, how beautiful that was and how beautifully accurate, powerfully so, that is as well. All people are broken. In some way, every person you know is broken. There is something about their life that is not whole. There's something about their past that is not whole. All people are broken and all people are welcome. You know, see, there's one of the problems. It's so easy to watch on TV and see a group of people acting in a way that you don't want them to act. To hear someone talk or speak and say things that you don't like. To see people from a, a different country or, you know, just a different place in this world and to forget that they too have been welcomed to the king's table but they just haven't accepted the invitation yet. But maybe the reason is because they've not yet received the invitation. And so you and I, we have to remind ourselves that our call, again, is not to be right, but our call is to make sure people have received the invitation. And like with, with David's message last week, perhaps God is giving us more time right now because we have less time left. And if that's the case, then we need to be serious about what it is we're doing. About not being right or proving ourselves right, but about making sure someone has received the invitation. And you know someone like that. And don't wait until we're able to come back together. Even right now, invite someone to hear this message. Someone that needs to hear a message of, of grace, of forgiveness, of understanding. 
Why? Because they need the invitation? Exactly. But also because they're broken. Some part of their life is broken. So share that with them. And the, the, the last thing Jonathan Morrow said was we're all called to repentance. The followers of Christ. We're all called to repentance because we're in this long process of becoming like Jesus and we fail at times. We judge at times. We condemn at times. We don't take the time to, to reach someone. We just judge them too quickly. We jump to conclusions. We assume the worst. We, we fail to remember that their perspective is just as valid as our own perspective. Okay, and here's the good news. The best news of all, I believe, is right here. Regardless if the struggles are community-inflicted, family-inflicted, or self-inflicted, regardless of where the struggles come from, the answer to all the struggles, my struggles, your struggles, big struggles, little struggles, all struggles, the answer to all struggles is Jesus Christ. It's not my opinions or my arguments. Thank God, what a mess we would be in if I had all the answers. It's not even my righteousness. You know, these days, it seems like people view pastors, ministers in one way or the other. Either they are the scum of the earth or they are so holy and righteous. And if you're one of those that thinks you're, that ministers are so holy and righteous, I got to tell you that God's word says in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6 that the best I can do, my own righteous, righteousness is filthy rags when it compares to the righteousness of God. And we're not in a process to become more like pastor. We're in a process to become more like Jesus. This world is dying. We are watching this world die in so many areas and in so many ways. And this world is dying for a church. And I don't mean a local church. I mean Jesus Christ's church. This world is dying for a church that will help them see beyond their struggles, beyond their mistakes, beyond the scars of their past, and see Jesus Christ as their strength, as their healing, and as their hope. Can I say that one more time? That this world is dying for a church to help them see beyond their struggles, beyond their mistakes, beyond the scars of their past, and see Jesus as their strength, as their healing, and as their hope. And you know what? That's the kind of church I want to pastor. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. And I believe you probably do too. So let's go to prayer. And if you are just now realizing that you're broken, you have places in your life that aren't whole and you're realizing that can i tell you that there is someone waiting to pray for you today send us a text if you've got a need 205-476-2911 but if you would like someone to call you and pray with you then tell them so in that text and one of our prayer team members will call you and pray with you right now or maybe you didn't realize how much help you needed well can i tell you you're invited to the same table that the rest of us pull up to, to receive the blessings, to receive that strength, to receive healing, to receive that hope, you're invited to that as well. And Jesus has already done the hard part. 
He's already died for our sin. All we have to do is put our faith and confidence in him for that. So would you join me in prayer? And let's close. And Father, I tell you again, I love you and I thank you for all that you've done. And I pray, God, for someone today that is broken and maybe just now today admitting it to themselves, that is broken, God, that is hurting, that has scars from their past, that has been mistreated, maybe community-inflicted pain or family-inflicted pain or maybe even self-inflicted pain. But God, I pray that you bring the healing into their life that they need. As they trust in you and as they put their faith and confidence in the blood of Jesus, forgive their sin, make them right with you, and God, invite them into this table to receive all the blessings that you want to give them. And God, I pray for us, those of us who have also been called to repent and to continue in this long process of becoming more and more and more like Jesus. God, help us in our failures. Help us in the times that we were more concerned about being right than we were concerned about reaching someone, making an invitation to someone, helping someone know that they too have been invited to this table full of blessings, full of strength, full of healing, and full of hope. And God, help us. Quicken us, Holy Spirit, every time we fail to see someone else's perspective and help us have more understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. You can email our prayer team at prayer at church2911.com or text us at 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting church2911.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. Thanks for listening to the 2911 Sermons Podcast. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.